Hello, I'm Eddie French, and you might recognise me from such icy news noises as... <coughs> Daddy! And who could forget... <coughs> well, the good news is, is that I now have my own podcast. It's called Pick Scraped, and it is a fortnightly sketch show uh, made entirely by me. So if that sounds like the sort of thing you'd like, go to wherever you get your podcasts and listen to it. Thank you. Pick Scraped. Hello everybody, Sam here. Just a friendly reminder, if you're enjoying the podcast and the ICU Facebook page, we could really use your support. Every share and positive review helps us out enormously. But you can go even further than that, if you like, by signing up to our Patreon. You can join Club ISY from just £2 plus VAT a month, and in return, you'll get early access to every single story and podcast. And you can even earn exclusive content like compilation episodes and ICU stories that you won't find anywhere else. And if you don't fancy paying monthly, you can now sign up on an annual basis and save 10% on the cost of your subscription. Your support is the only thing keeping this endeavour going, so if you're enjoying the page and show, do please consider signing up at patreon.com slash ICU stories. As always, I'm eternally grateful for all of your support, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hi everyone, good to see you. Happy New Year. It's great to be back. How have you been? Oh, brilliant, that's really nice to hear. Me? Honestly, I've not even turned the TV on for three weeks. It's been great, you know. Proper family time, turn off the social media, just get out the doom-scrolling bubble, you know. But here we are, it's time to work, so fill me in, Graham. What's been going on? Really? You got the trade deal? All right. Oh, yeah, that sounds about right. How's everything with the pandemic? Jesus, really? What about the Electoral College vote? I assume that went smoothly enough. Are you having a fucking laugh? You're listening to IC News, the only network bringing you the stories from across the multiverse. The Moderna vaccine is approved for use in the UK, meaning that soon doctors' cupboards up and down the country will be just as full of pricks as Boris Johnson's cabinet. Marks and Spencers stopped selling hundreds of items in its Northern Ireland shops as a result of new Brexit bureaucracy, as it turns out that all we've really done is swap EU red tape for red, white and blue tape. Pretty Patel says Donald Trump's words directly led to the violence on Capitol Hill, while the man who quoted her when waving a knife around inside the office of an immigration solicitor was just a nutter who acted all by himself. And finally, a new Danish children's show features a man with an out-of-control penis, as Danish children's television finally catches up to British kids' TV from the 1970s. Hello and welcome. I'm Sam Gore, and you're listening to a fresh and brand new season of IC News. We're back for season three, and clearly I can't leave you people alone for five minutes. Jesus Christ, the world. Calm the hell down, will you? If you can't play nice, it'll be the naughty step for all of you. Let's not fuck about. Quite a lot has happened since the end of season two. We'll be lucky if we can even start to scratch the surface of all of it. But to open this show, let's start with Yarl Qaeda's attempted coup de twats over in the United States. 
Here you go, boss. One latte, almond milk, and two sugars. Christ, David, not not now, all right? We're on the air. Oh, whoops. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm David Stanya. Hiya! No, that's not why... Well, it's a bit late now, isn't it? Sorry, listeners, this is David. He's our new intern, and he's very enthusiastic. I sure am. I bloody love journalism, me. I've got all their albums, from the Nixon tapes to Gordon Brown calling that woman a bigot, all the way through to the modern classics, like whatever Donald Trump said this week. Grab that pussy, (laughs) steal that election. All the groovy journalism beats. I sure hope I can be a news one day. That'd be just super. Okay, David, that's enough, thanks. Back to work, please. Sure thing, Mr. Bossman, sir. I'll get straight back to shredding all those applications from the girl interns, just like you wanted. (laughs) Hang on, I never said... It's a topical comedy show, and that means the rule is two female cast members is enough. That's what you said. Don't you worry, confidentiality is my middle name. (coughs) It's not really, it's Andrew. (laughs) Psych. Teehee. Piss off, David. Will do. Right. Sorry about that, everyone. Let's go back to the riot at the Capitol building on Wednesday night. President Trump has been fermenting distrust of the election result for months now, and this week his words had drastic and bloody consequences as a crowd of his supporters broke into the Capitol building as Congress moved to count the Electoral College votes that would confirm Joe Biden as the next American president. Five people, including a police officer, died in violent clashes that also saw live pipe bombs left at the seat of American democracy. In the days since, Republicans have frantically moved to distance themselves from Trump's inflammatory rhetoric, with the Democrats threatening to impeach him again in the dying days of his presidency. Oh, and um, he also got banned from Twitter for about five minutes, because a screen time ban for a naughty toddler is apparently about the best punishment America can manage for actual sedition. Our resident conspiracy theorist, Danny Sutcliffe, is on the ground over in Washington, D.C. Danny, over the years, you've been quite the fan of Donald Trump. What's your take on the scenes at the Capitol this week? Hiya, Sam. First of all, I'm going to have to take umbrage at your suggestion there, my mate. Secondly, I need you to tell me what umbrage is. And thirdly, I am not, and nor have I ever been, a supporter of Donald Trump. How dare you, sir? That is a scandalous lie. Okay, well, that's definitely not true. You've spent months talking about how he's the victim of a globalist conspiracy to steal the election out from under him. No, I haven't. You've also changed your mind several times about QAnon, but last time I checked, you were an avid supporter of its baseless nonsense. No, I'm not. You've called Democrats the deep state, Joe Biden a reptilian from Alpha Centauri. No, I haven't. No, I didn't. Oh, and uh, just checking the notes, you've also claimed in the past that Trump is, and I quote... The second coming of Christ himself, hallowed be Trump's name. Fake news! I mean, oh, no, not not fake news. I respect the news and the proud history of the media, but your sources are incorrect on that particular story. Danny, this might be a wild guess, but I'm going to spitball here and suggest that maybe your sudden change of heart has something to do with the fact that Donald Trump has now inspired serious violence. I've no idea what you're talking about, Sam. Really? Because this frantic backpedalling feels eerily reminiscent of a lot of Senate and Congressional Republicans at the moment. No, enough is enough, and that's all. And personally, I've never been a supporter of Donald Trump's agenda. It's time for America to heal and move forwards. With Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, right? 
Yes! The same Joe Biden, who's been part of the Democratic establishment for the best part of 50 years. Don't do this to me, Sam! The same Joe Biden who pushed for an investigation into the Trump campaign's involvement with Russian interference in the 2016 election. Yes! And I'm sure he'll be a fine president! The same Joe Biden who's in the exact same party... Don't you say her fucking name! ...as Hillary Clinton. (laughs) Did you hear me, Danny? I said Hillary Clinton. Oh, fuck you, Sam! And fuck this Illuminati takeover of the world's greatest democracy! This is nothing short of a disgusting sham! And there he is. They stuffed the ballots. No. They blocked observers from the counting rooms. No, they didn't. They bossed in Mexicans and rapists who burned ballots. The water pipe was a lie. Nancy Pelosi has a 50% stake in Dominion, and she reprogrammed the voting machines with a Nokia 3210. Rudy Giuliani is a credible and respectable man. He definitely isn't. Jim Jordan is a true patriot and definitely didn't stand by and do fuck all as dozens of teenagers were sexually molested. He definitely did. Obama built the cages. Well, true. Donald but... Trump is the greatest president since Ronald Reagan. Definitely not. Kamala Harris will take over within a year. Kamala Harris. Abortions will become mandatory. The government will spend everyone's taxes on gender-neutral public toilets and transgender statues. Statues don't generally have genitals at the best of times. The hospitals are empty. No, they're not. Apart from in the basements, where Democrats are harvesting children's brain fluids and drinking them in order to turn themselves into immortal vampires. Donald Trump is a rightful president. I have a perfectly functional penis and my ex-wife still loves me. Are you done? Sorry, Sam. I'm not sure what happened there. I feel like I've just purged four years' worth of brainwashing or something. Well, that's probably good, Danny. It's about time you and a few other people started drifting back towards reality. You're right. It's time to move forwards and start building the grassroots movement for Donald Trump Jr. in 2024. Holy shit, that's really not what I was getting at. Thanks, Sam. You've really reminded me of what it means to be an American patriot. You're from fucking Droylsden. I know. But I look fucking amazing in arseless chaps and a big furry hat with horns. <laughs> I'm Danny Sutcliffe, and strap in, America. The party's just getting started. Reporting for IC News. Speaking of the poorly educated, back here in Britain this week saw the not-so-shock announcement of England's third national lockdown. After claiming for weeks that schools were perfectly safe, Boris Johnson pulled out his trademark U-turn on Monday night and... David? David? David, not now, please. We're in the middle of the bloody show. Oops. Sorry, boss. I just get carried away sometimes. Cleanliness is next to godliness, father always used to say. Funny story, actually. He fell in a septic tank while chasing some doggers off his farm. And then he drowned. Jesus Christ, David. How is that a funny story? I don't really know, but I've suppressed a lot of feelings about it, and sometimes I get confused. Just leave the hoovering for now, will you? Get back to the... To the shredding. Just go, please. Hokey dokey, Sam. See you in two shakes of a lamb's tail. That's a weird saying, isn't it? (laughs) Hey, Mr. Lamb, can I borrow your tail? I need to indicate my haste. David! Bye! This is fucking ridiculous. Why did I think 2021 would be any easier? Where the hell were we? Oh yeah, school closures. 
Alison June-Smith has the keys to the Dimensional Gate this week, and she's been roaming the multiverse in search of a teacher who can keep up with the government's pandemic strategy. Thanks, Sam. This week saw the shortest term in the history of the British education system as a good few million little diseased vectors went back to primary school for the grand total of one day. You know, just long enough to wipe a few boogers into the national petri dish and give it a real good shake-up. Then, on Monday night, Boris Johnson popped up on TV to once again close schools and plunge England into its third national lockdown. If you've been watching him get interviewed just 24 hours before, you might have been a little confused by this, as Boris spent most of Sunday insisting that schools were perfectly safe. Normally, it's only schools in America that go from perfectly safe to potentially deadly in a matter of minutes. And even that's only when an incel in a trench coat walks onto the campus with an MR-15. The call to shut it all down came after several consecutive days of over 50,000 positive tests across the country. At the same time, the number of people in hospital with COVID was rising constantly. Any claim that Boris couldn't have seen this shit coming is a goddamn lie. He was under a glass coffee table the whole time, watching the pandemic's asshole open just a few inches from his face. Sage's decision to raise the COVID alert level to utterly fucked forced his hand, and Nicola Sturgeon responding first finally made it impossible for him to keep dithering. Closing schools was always inevitable, given the way that the new coronavirus variant is currently ripping through the population like petrol station sushi through a trucker's guts. Doing so at 8 p.m. on Monday night plunged schools and teaching staff into even more last-minute chaos. It was just another kick in the balls for a profession that's been battered and bruised by the government's incompetence all the way through this crisis. Teachers have had to put up with last-minute diktats and sudden policy changes from on high over and over. Educators before the holidays were begging for a period of remote learning to help suppress the second wave, and the government's response was to threaten them with legal action. We're now, yet again, at the point where things are far worse than they ever needed to be, and kids across the country are suffering as a result. This is what happens when you put a fireplace salesman in charge of the nation's education. Asking Gavin Williamson to understand the plight of teachers in this country is as hopeless as trying to explain feminism to Chet Evans. The real tragedy of all of this is the very real harm it's going to do, not just to children's educational prospects, but to their mental health and general safety. There's a real tendency in this country to view school closures through a middle-class prism, where every child can sit at home in comfort and access online learning without really missing a beat. The reality is far darker, with kids in poverty missing out far more than their more privileged peers. There's a massive class and financial divide when it comes to education in this country, and nobody understands that better than the heartbroken teachers who have yet again been forced to let their pupils down. It simply isn't possible, even with the greatest work ethic in the world, for Britain's teachers to meet the standards that are currently expected of them by the frothing army of Karens on Mumsnet. 
Teachers are still on site even now, struggling to juggle online learning and face-to-face teaching for key workers and vulnerable kids. They've had to rejig their planning at the last second on top of all the added stresses like fears for their own personal safety in the face of a new variant. It's a fucking superhuman effort, which is why I've come here. To Earth Alpha Phonics Ofsted B-. Here, teaching is a little different, thanks to some serious breakthroughs in medical science. Isn't that right, Mr. Weller? That's right, Allison. I am capable of performing countless algorithmic tasks simultaneously, allowing me to quickly calculate the correct course of action even in the face of constant government indecision. I am able to maintain control of a classroom, adapt planning at a moment's notice, create and lead online lessons and maintain a functional level of alcoholism without even breaking a sweat. Mainly because I am no longer capable of sweating. I can see that. You're a brain in a jar. (laughs) I've got to ask, how do you actually get hands-on with the kids without, you know, hands? That's what TAs are for. I just do the admin. I can't stand children. Mr. Weller's a fucking nubhead. Who said that? It'll be detention for you, I'm warning you. Suck my dick, you disembodied pedo. Amazing stuff. Looks like no matter how much the science moves on, teaching never changes. I'm Alison June Smith, reporting for IC News. Settle down now, everyone. Please turn to page 34 in your textbooks. Turn to my balls! It's been a mad couple of weeks for news, but it would be remiss of us to not cast our minds back and touch on what was perhaps the biggest story for the UK over the Christmas period, as the government announced that after months of negotiations, it had finally agreed a post-Brexit trade deal with the European Union. Now that our departure from the block is well and truly underway, our trade correspondent, Shay Burnley, has been picking through the details of the deal. Uh-oh. Fuck me, what now? David, what do you mean, uh-oh? Um, couple of things, Sam. First of all, I've just found a spot I missed when I was hoovering. And secondly, I've definitely shredded that report you've just linked to. What the hell do you mean you've shredded it? This is 2021, David. There's no tape to shred. Everything's digital. You can't shred a WAV file. No, but you can definitely shred a laptop. Funny story, I've also broken a shredder. Oh, for fuck's sake. You know what? It's episode one, and I've already had enough. Also, this latte isn't almond milk, David. I don't ask for it because I'm a pretentious little twat, you know. I ask for it because I'm severely lactose intolerant. If I fart now, it's going to be like firing a pressure washer through a colander. Now I'm stuck with no way of ending the show. This is ridiculous. Stop this. I'm going to the bathroom. You're alright to fill time, aren't you, David? That feels about right for the level of professionalism we get around here. Sure thing, boss. Have a lovely poo. Oh, for Christ's sake. Okay, here we are then. Hello, everyone. I'm energetic newsboy Mr. David Stanier. And I like current affairs. I like them much more than those naughty affairs. Respect your wives and husbands, please. God is watching, and you made a promise. This is super mega exciting for me. I never dreamt that on day one of my time with the network that I'd be fronting my own news package. 
What kind of news are you bringing us, I hear you ask? Well, that's simple. Life's bloody rotten and horrible at the moment, so I'm bringing you good news. Only the best news. The most feel-good, lovely, warm and huggable news. I'm going to lift your spirits and energise you. And by the end of this report, you'll feel happy and warm in your tummy and newly incentivized to rise up and kill the rich. Here's some lovely news you may not have heard this week. A 12-year-old girl in California has donated all her birthday money to a homeless man who returned her grandmother's lost wallet. Isn't that just a lovely story about empathy and human kindness and kill the rich? Lenny, a one-year-old bearded dragon, has published his first cookbook with the help of his owner Valerie, entitled Chef Lenny, Cooking for Humans. It features photos of Lenny in a tiny chef's hat, serving up classic American recipes like chicken pot pie. And I can tell you now, the pictures are adorable. Rise up, reclaim what has been stolen from you by years of neoliberalism, and kill the rich. This isn't a drill, people. Years of corrupt fiscal policy has seriously unbalanced our entire economic system. Autocracy doesn't rise in a vacuum. It's introduced slowly and deliberately through a set of deliberate conditions that demonise the weak and suppress our collective willingness to protest and revolt. The last year has been a call to arms. Ring, ring, hello, arms. You must demand justice, equity, a rebalancing of the social order. Rise up. Kill the rich. And that's the story of Lenny the Bearded Dragon, everyone. The adorable lizard... To learn to cook. That'll do, David. I'll have my seat back now, please. No problem, old boss. Thanks for the opportunity. I'm almost dreading this, but I have to ask, what did you cover? Uh, I just kept it light. You know, fluff pieces, something easy to finish the first show on, nothing too heavy. Hmm, okay, that's not our usual approach, but given just how bleak things currently are, it probably has its place. Thanks, David. You can go home now. I'll finish up here, all right? And remember, please, almond milk next time, okay? Absolutely, sir. Thanks again. Kill the rich, everyone. What was that? Nothing. Bye! Well, that's it, everyone. Thanks for joining us for the start of Season 3. As always, we'll be back next week. But for now, we leave you with the headlines you may have missed. Elon Musk becomes the richest man in the world, as Tesla's share price becomes the only thing on the planet more inflated than his ego. London declares the spread of Covid a major incident, as the pandemic threatens to break with years of British tradition and actually spread the capital's bountiful harvest all the way to the north of the country for once. Gavin Williamson says he will trust in teachers rather than algorithms for this year's exam results, while teachers say they will trust dipping their gravy-covered genitals into a tank full of piranhas before they ever trust Gavin Williamson. And finally, a pet iguana has escaped a house fire in Corby by jumping to safety onto a fireman's helmet, and in the process, almost created an innuendo strong enough to raise a titter from Barbara Windsor's coffin. You've been listening to IC News. Thank you, and goodbye. You've just been listening to the IC News Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please don't forget to help us spread the word. Only with your support, can we reach more people, and build a larger audience. Every episode of IC News is written and produced by Sam Gore. Every week we feature guest voices from the UK stand-up circuit. 
Check out the podcast description to find out who you've been listening to. They're all very funny people, and you should check out their stuff. The IC News main theme is written and performed by Eddie French and the graphic design for the show is by Chunchy.com. Any additional music in the show will always be properly credited in the podcast description, so if you hear something you like, please check that out and support the independent artists who offer their work to shows like ours. Hello again. It's me, Danny Sutcliffe. I'm here today with a right bargain for you. And no, it's not just the mystery me I've got in the back of my van. Although that is also primo stuff, so meet me behind odd bins and flash your full beams if you're interested. If you haven't joined our Patreon yet, we've got a special offer for you. Sign up now as one of our early bird supporters and you can get access to all of our exclusive content for just £2 a month. If you want bonus podcast sketches, compilation episodes and ICU stories, this is the cheapest you're ever going to get them. You've got to be quick though, this deal is limited to the first 500 patrons and they'll get snapped up quick. It's the best way to show your support for the show and you'll be helping us to grow moving forwards. As always, thank you for all of your support and we hope you enjoy the show. And no, it's not badger me. And if Brian May tries to tell you otherwise, he's a fucking liar. <laughs>